0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist at The Natty Hour, and welcome everybody to episode 63. In this week's episode, I want to dive into why I actually don't give out meal plans. Most new clients who are contemplating working with me always ask, if my nutrition programs come with meal plans? And the answer is no. There's of course nothing wrong with this question, but it tells me that following a meal plan is still considered the norm when it comes to hiring a coach. Not that there's anything wrong with coaches who decide to give out meal plans, but there is a fine line that not a lot of coaches are aware of when it comes to when we actually should or are even allowed to give out meal plans based on our qualifications. Today, I want to go over why, as a nutritionist, I'm technically not allowed to give out meal plans under certain circumstances, but more importantly, why I don't like giving out meal plans regardless of my qualifications. I also want to discuss what I have found to be a sustainable method for not only me, but the athletes I have coached for the last seven years. As I mentioned, I am a nutritionist. I obtained my sports nutrition certification in 2014 and have many years of experience on the nutrition side of things. However, I am not a registered dietitian. While I am qualified to give out nutrition advice, there's a big difference between nutritionists and registered dietitians. One of the main differences says being that i can't legally prescribe diets, supplements, or meal plans that treat a medical condition. So if someone came to me wanting to work with me to treat their diabetes, that would be outside of my scope of practice, and the individual would need to seek out professional help from a registered dietitian. The same scenario exists for those who are technically obese. Nutritionists aren't actually allowed to prescribe a meal plan to treat their obesity. You can see how there's a bit of a gray area there. So to kind of distinguish the two, to become a registered dietitian, you have to complete a four-year degree along with the completion of an internship. Registered dietitians specialize in the treatment of medical conditions and mostly work with patients in hospitals or other clinical settings, whereas nutritionists typically work with individual clients looking to improve their overall health, lifestyle, habits, body composition. However, there are no regulations as a nutritionist. Even though myself and many others have certifications that validate the title of a nutritionist, technically anyone can actually call themselves a nutritionist. And this is because there are no regulatory bodies governing titles. Even though nutritionists aren't regulated, it doesn't mean that they don't offer good advice. Some nutritionists may actually have extensive education in diet and nutrition. However, for individuals to call themselves a nutritionist, mandatory education is not required most of the time. So hopefully just having an understanding of that helps you maintain just some caution when you're selecting a coach and who you wanna work with. Even though many nutritionists such as myself are more than qualified, it's important to remember that some are not. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about how you can make an educated decision when you're deciding who to hire, make sure you go back and listen to episode 23 where I discuss how to pick a fitness coach. Now that we understand the difference between a nutritionist and a registered dietitian, I think it's safe to say that most of you who are listening likely will end up working with a nutritionist versus a registered dietitian. Like I most registered dietitians work with patients in need of assistance with medical conditions. Most of you who are here are likely looking to achieve your fitness goals by learning how to change your body composition, maybe to feel more confident in your own skin, or even how to live a healthy and balanced lifestyle. With that in mind, it is important to note that there's a gray area where nutritionists can get away with giving out meal plans to their clients if they are doing so in a way that's not to treat, keyword there, treat a medical condition. Again, there's nothing wrong with coaches who choose to do that. For me, though, the legal liability of this gray area is just not worth it. When I first started coaching actually in 2014, I used to give out meal plans to all of my clients, and this is one of the other reasons why meal plans are just not for me. I would spend hours upon hours creating what I thought to be the perfect meal plan for the week. I would put countless hours into creating yummy recipes and giving my clients variety, unlike the cookie cutter boring chicken and rice meal plan I received from my previous coach at the time. Funny story, actually. Kyle and I hired the same coach right after I was finishing up my CA designation. A week later, we decided to go on a trip to Whistler, and I had just finished a four-year grueling article position for any other accountants out there, you know what I'm talking about, and we were just desperately at that time in need of a trip together. However, we also had goals where the following year we wanted to compete, so at the same time, we decided to hire a coach. We were given the same meal plan and told to stick to it even on our trip. So we ended up lugging a cooler around with us, Tupperware, whenever we went out and were exploring around the city. I'm not gonna lie, but it put a real damper on our trip. Let's just say we didn't experience Whistler the way you should experience Whistler. We were too afraid to eat out and actually just enjoy ourselves. Another funny story is when the grocery stores at the stopped making our brand of oatmeal that was on the meal plan. Kyle ended up finding another brand with the same macronutrient profile, but nope, we were told by our coach we needed the old brand and we had to stick to it. So we actually ended up ordering it online, and this was back when ordering food online really wasn't a thing. Let's just say that this lifestyle didn't last long because it didn't work for me, nor did it work for Kyle if I'm speaking for him as well. I knew at the time how boring and unsatisfying it was to be on this type of meal plan. And as a new coach, I wanted my clients to actually enjoy what they were eating and not feel the same way that I felt. I also developed a really bad relationship with food after eating the same thing each day that I didn't even like. And I thought by giving my clients yummy variety while they were able to see the results, it would help them still eat what they like while actually achieving their goals. I honestly thought it was a foolproof plan and boy, did I have a lot to learn at the time. Each day I had someone asking me if they could swap out the banana for some strawberries, but I don't like pasta for dinner. Can I have something else? What about cashews instead of almonds? Is that allowed? It was a nightmare and I was beyond frustrated. Not with my clients, but with the fact that I felt like they weren't learning anything. We were spending more time swapping out meals every single day than actually focusing on building healthy lifestyle habits that would help them achieve their long-term goals. The biggest thing that I didn't like with giving out meal plans was that my clients had to constantly ask me for permission if they could eat something. And the whole time, no, that they can eat whatever the hell they want, me telling my athletes what to eat is no different than me telling them what car to buy. I may like Porsches, you may like Ferraris, both cars are great, but they're both gonna get you from A to B when you're driving them. No one is wrong and no other is right. It comes down simply to your preference as to which car you would prefer to drive, and you should be entitled to make those decisions on your own. The meal plan option within my coaching program actually ended pretty quickly. I couldn't help but ask myself, how is me spoon feeding my clients like they are children, telling them eat this, not that, every single day ever going to set them up for success? I knew that I would never be able to make my client the perfect meal plan. And if I did, it wouldn't last long because their preferences would change. And why shouldn't they change? Heck, my change all the time. Now, some people prefer to be on a meal plan, and some coaches do just fine with giving out meal plans. Maybe they don't run into the same problems I had, or maybe they don't mind telling their clients what to eat on a daily basis. I'm not saying that my way of doing things is the right way, but this is what I prefer, because after coaching for seven years now, I can say that my clients have way more success and actually have the skills to maintain their results after our time together they are more independent when we're focusing on other principles and that right there is my biggest goal as a coach. So what do I do differently now? My goal is to teach my athletes flexible dieting principles. Flexible dieting, for those who don't know, is just the process of consuming foods that you love within moderation. It allows foods that fit within your specific daily macronutrient targets. This way of eating provides dieters freedom in their food choices, which may help actually keep the weight off over time, and create a positive and healthy relationship with food. And I have definitely found this to be the case over the last seven years, and the most sustainable method for my clients. I actually have a step-by-step process that I teach my athletes of how to implement this new lifestyle. Yeah, you know what? It is a little bit of a learning curve. There is a learning involvement that is expected from my clients, where in the beginning, it can be a little bit challenging, but I do actually provide what I like to call a sample meal plan in the beginning, and this is provided as a way to teach my athletes how to track their macronutrients. The sample meal plan is still based around the foods that they love, but it's only meant to be a training wheel stepping stone, if you will, in order to learn how to make their own independent food choices. Now, there are often reservations with flexible dieting because it does involve the process of counting your macronutrients. A lot of people think that, you know, why not just follow a meal plan? It's less work. But honestly, I look at it like this when it comes to tracking your macronutrients. Once you get used to it and you actually have enough practice under your belt, it literally takes about 10 to 20 minutes a day. And for those who are saying, I don't have enough time for that, I want you to go to, your cell phone usage and go look at how much time you're spending on Instagram. Maybe go to minus 20 minutes from probably over an hour that is being spent on Instagram. I'm guilty of it too. And allocate that time towards learning how to track your macronutrients because the benefits that come with it is definitely worth it. So those who might think that meal plans are less work, a meal plan, it doesn't actually teach you how to make adaptable decisions when it comes to your food choices and preferences. Let's go over an example here. Say the meal plan that you are on allows you to have a banana, two rice cakes, and maybe 30 grams of peanut butter for lunch. But you go to work and your boss brings in some pizza. It smells so good and you're just dying to have one slice. But it's not on the meal plan. You limit yourself to one slice. You say, screw it, I'm gonna have one slice. What happens after? You feel awful. When in actuality, if you actually took a step back, you would see that maybe in this case, the calorie profile for one slice of pizza may be very similar to your lunch on your meal plan. People often see it as this, I'm on the meal plan or I'm off the meal plan. It causes us to create a black and white mentality that we followed the meal plan, therefore I did good. I didn't follow the meal plan, therefore I did bad, which often isn't the case at all. And I have yet to see this scenario play out for those practicing flexible dieting. Often people get turned off with flexible dieting, thinking it's an unhealthy way of consuming whatever you want, and that's known as if it fits your macros. That's all that matters, but I think that it's important to remember that flexible dieting and if it fits your macros are very two different things actually. Remember, we define flexible dieting as the process of consuming foods that you love within moderation, whereas if it fits your macros typically means what it means. If it fits your macros, then call it a day. With flexible dieting, we still want to focus on having an inclusion mindset. And this is where we are still intentional with having high quality, nutrient-dense foods each day aka fruits and vegetables, we still have micronutrient and fiber targets that we're focusing on each day. If we just filled up on donuts and cookies, there would be no room left for us to fit our micronutrient targets into. So overall, flexible dieting is not an excuse whatsoever to eat like an asshole. The priority still needs to be the inclusion of high-quality, nutrient-dense foods with some of your treats sprinkled into your diet Day. By extensively teaching my athletes these principles, it allows them to discover foods that they used to like or foods that they didn't even know that they like. It allows them to include more variety versus being limited to the same boring foods each day and the reason why variety is so important they actually did a study on it i can't remember which country in asia it was but there was a country there where they had the most variety ever known in the world and that population actually lives the longest it's actually very fascinating so it's very important to have variety so experience new foods but how do you include those into your day within moderation so that way you can still enjoy what you're eating and get that variety that's so important fun fact, you cannot eat broccoli and still be healthy. This is probably one of the other beefs that I have with meal plans. It creates this false misconception that there are certain foods you should be eating and everything else you need to avoid like the plague. Well, my coach put broccoli on here and I don't like broccoli, but I have to have it because it's on the meal plan. Well, what about asparagus, carrots, Brussels sprouts, cucumbers? There is so many other options out there that you can include into your day. It doesn't have have to be broccoli if you don't like broccoli. So please, if that's the mentality, tell me, how is that sustainable? Are you going to avoid pizza for the rest of your life? Come on, pizza is life, but it's not on the meal plan, so I can't have it. Wouldn't you rather have the skills to enjoy a slice of guilt-free pizza every once in a while and not have it throw you off course with your fitness goals versus you being so afraid of pizza and never having it until You reach your breaking point because you're gonna, everybody always does, you binge on an entire large pizza to yourself. I actually used to do this. This was when I was on my meal plan. I was lucky for my coach to give me one cheat meal a week maybe once a month, depending on my situation. And what I would do is just stuff down a large pizza just to myself, I wouldn't share it with anybody. And I always felt horrible the next day. I really do feel that the language that we choose impacts our relationship with food. I can have these foods because they're good. I can't have these foods because they're bad. Instead of bad foods, I would encourage you to change your relationship with those types of foods you and just call them treats. They don't need to be considered bad and the reason for that is because it's actually been shown that no food in isolation is inherently bad for you. The difference between quote-unquote bad foods and quote-unquote good foods is how satiated you are left feeling after you have consumed them. Some foods are more calorie dense and the others are more nutrient dense. That's the difference. That is the only difference is how you are left feeling by avoiding these foods you think that are bad, it's only doing more harm than good when it comes to having a healthy relationship with food. Instead of focusing on foods to avoid, I recommend focusing on including healthy nutrient-dense options as well as variety into your day. Then sprinkle in some treats here and there. Instead of obsessing over the things you can't have, with this approach, I want you to focus more on including healthy and nutrient-dense foods into your day and focus as well on eating a sufficient amount of fruits vegetables, fiber, protein, and water. Once these targets have been met, be okay with enjoying one of your go-to treats each day. Yes, you heard me correctly. Each day. Now, you might be wondering, why am I encouraging this? And the reason is because I find that enjoying things that you crave each day increases adherence. You can only restrict yourself from foods you enjoy for so long until your willpower runs out. It doesn't refill at the start of each day. The more you restrict something from yourself, the more you want it. And we all only have so much willpower until it's all gone. And what happens when it's all gone? We cave and have an entire box of cookies. When if we just had that one cookie five days ago, when we first craved it, maybe we wouldn't have ended up having twelve. Five days later, increasing adherence helps reduce those weekend binges that often happen when you are doing nothing but restricting all week and eating 100% of your foods you don't enjoy. When I was dieting down, actually, for my first bodybuilding show, I wanted to do an experiment, and obviously, I was with I was with a different coach at the time, not the original one who gave me a meal plan. The new coach helping me with this was a flexible dieting coach, and the experiment was where I wanted to eat one, two bite brownie every single day. It was always a nice little treat for me to look forward to during the afternoons. Oh, it's almost three o'clock, came and I have my two bite brownie. It gave me something to look forward to, and because of that, I barely felt restricted. I lost the amount of weight that I needed to and actually came in first in my bodybuilding competition. Having one brownie a day, it kept my adherence levels 100% during a 30-week dieting period. I dieted down for 30 weeks, and the reason I was able, to do so flawlessly was because I included things that I craved into my day within moderation. Not saying anyone needs to go out and do anything this extreme, but hopefully this gets my point across. Overall, I want you to know that it's so important to find a program or plan that works best for you. If following a meal plan works, then ignore everything I am saying. I am just sharing my experience as an athlete and as a coach. But if you find when you follow a meal plan that it creates some of these misconceptions I am talking about, and you see your fear of food go up and your relationship with food starts to suffer it's at that point that i would encourage you to take another look into a different approach because food is our fuel it's also how we socialize you don't need to give up one or the other it doesn't have to be one or the other you can have both and you deserve to be able to go out enjoy yourself in a guilt-free manner while still achieving your fitness goals So take the time to make sure that you are actually following a plan that allows you to easily, easily accomplish this. Alright team, that about wraps up this week's episode. I really do hope that you guys found it helpful. Thank you all again so much for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave the podcast a review. As you guys know, it actually helps me out to make sure that we're able to continue to grow the podcast. And each week, I am definitely putting in a lot of time and effort to be able to provide you guys with this content. The only thing that I ask in return is that you guys share the podcast with those that you love and actually leave the podcast podcast a review. It shows that you support what I am doing for you all. So thank you all again so much for listening. I look forward to chatting with you all again next week, but until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.